0: What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. We're going to be breaking down the playoff picture as it stands today. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me as always is Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan?
1: What's going on?
0: Uh, Nothing much, brother. Uh, And as always on Thursdays, Luke Alves. What's up, man?
2: What's up, man? Y'all doing all right?
0: Yeah, man, I I, I had a good day. I got a nice, fresh haircut, Um, so like got that little spring cleaning going on. Uh, I trimmed up my beard. I cut it back down to a goatee, so, yeah, I'm feeling pretty fresh. but we're not gonna be one of those podcasts that that talks for like the first five minutes about our lives because uh we're we're here to talk basketball um that drive that should drives me crazy when i when I tune into a podcast and it's like just the first like five minutes. It's just the guy sh- shooting the shit about nonsense um like I try to fast forward and get to the actual basketball talk uh so we'll 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 include in the comments that uh the actual basketball talk starts a minute and forty seconds into this uh podcast. Uh, let's get into it, guys. Kyrie Irving, God bless him, is going to miss the rest of the season with his knee injury. Um, obviously, this is this is kind of devastating for any hope that the Celtics had for making a playoff run. Um, but what it, what do you think it means overall for the Celtics' uh, playoff push, their season as a whole, and uh, how do you see their future? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Luke, since you're the uh, the Celtics fan
2: well i mean it's it's a tough loss don't get me wrong i mean losing another starter like that it just it it really hurts but i mean in the end it could be just like not a blessing in disguise. but it's 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 a good thing that he's gonna get this knee surgery because we knew from day one he supposedly was gonna have to get a knee surgery no matter what to clean up and when they're going first into fixing his knee and cleaning like just like seeing what was up and just fixing doing a quick little fix i was kind of wondering, I was like, that's weird that they're doing it right now and not waiting, but I think so him getting the surgery and getting the rest is good. Now, for the playoff hopes for the Celtics, I could see us possibly getting out of the first round if we go up against a team like Milwaukee or the Heat, right? So, I think that we could definitely, but against Washington, that would just be way too hard. They definitely would get us. I mean, they had our number last year, so I think that's the only way that they'd be good in the playoff picture. But as an overall, I mean, this season was nothing to the Celtics. I mean, yeah, it was great that they played first all year and, and everything like that. But just Gordon Hayward losing, you lose him five minutes in the season. What can you really say about this season? You got a lot of rookies and everything. So I think it's good that all these young players will get the chance to see what the playoffs, play big minutes. And then next year, when you have a complete, healthy team, it'll be really good to see them.
0: Yeah um well and i I really look at this year as as like a hugely positive year um because you kind of mentioned blessing in disguise uh I said that about maybe i don't I, maybe Jawan remembers i don't i don't exactly remember i don't think I said it immediately after the the Hayward injury um but not too long after the Hayward injury i think when when it was clear that Tatum was as good as he is um you know, I was like, well, I mean, man, maybe this will end up working out. Like, you know, as long as Tatum, I'm, uh, excuse me, Hayward can rehab and you know come back at a hundred percent and everything. Like, you know, that's it, it. It it certainly could be great. I mean, Paul George, you know, had his had his issue that was somewhat similar, um, and he came back and he hasn't really suffered any uh, long term effects from it, um, and you know, the amount of minutes that all these young guys have been getting this year is so promising, not only for your team moving forward to get them confidence, but also to raise the level of uh asset, you know, uh building that, that Danny Ainge, you know, has has kind of cherished over the last five seasons. So I mean I think I think the season in itself could be a blessing in disguise if everything goes right in the future, we could look back on it and say, man, like, it's great that we had that season because it led to, you know, A, led to B, C, and D, and that ended up getting us, you know, two, two three championships or whatever it ends up being down the road. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the season as a whole, it would you know, through the lens of all the problems that were faced, has to be looked at in a positive light. Um, no matter what happens in the playoffs, um, but Juwan, what are your thoughts? Um,
3: it's
1: uh, I'm the biggest Kyrie fan, so it it, it really yeah. pains me because uh, you know I wanted Boston to come out of the East. Um yeah. But it you know it's one of those things where it's like you want the young guys to um to have their time, you know, get used to the idea of the playoffs because they're gonna be there a lot going forward um uh, my my only issue is I kind of feel like the way Tatum and Brown are playing it's like when Hayward gets back not only one but both of them are going to uh have a not lesser role but a smaller role because Kyrie is going to come back uh you know he he demands uh most of the the shots and Hayward's gonna gonna want the same thing Brad does a great, uh, you know, when Kyrie was playing, Brad did a great job of getting Kyrie to be more of a facilitator and less of a
3: I Irishman
1: kind of guy. Like, yes. don't just shoot it because yes. you have it. Um, but what I love about Brown and Tatum is uh, there's no egos there. So it's like, you know, those two playing together with no other uh, superstar, the flow just seems so great. Uh, it reminds mm-hmm. me of um, – excuse me, how the Knicks played with D'Antoni that year uh, with Jeremy Lin. When when,
0: when, Mello when Mello went down,
1: yeah. Right. It was just like, man, this is the team that Knicks fans wanted to see. Then when Mello came back, it was like, uh, no, it's not really there. And I'm not comparing the coaches, obviously, because Brad Stevens is a thousand times better. Um, but it's just how one we of the things where it's just like, I would say Brad Stevens is Probably a thousand times better than Mike D'Antoni as a head coach.
0: I wouldn't go that far. I feel real confident. <laughs> Mike D'Antoni,
1: Mike I D'Antoni
0: invented the seven-second or less offense. Like you got to give him credit for right. that at the very least.
1: Right. He still,
0: he still got to prove himself for sure. But you know, I don't,
1: I don't want to go off on a tangent on that because I have a lot to say about sure. that. Because I was, I was the biggest <laughs> sure, Steve Nash sure. fan. Um, so I have my share, I have my fair share of D'Antoni stories, but I won't go into that. Anyway, um, I think in the playoffs this team could get past the first round if they play Miami. It's going to be very difficult uh, because I feel like Wade wants LeBron. Um, So they're going to do everything possible to try to get uh, that Wade-LeBron game. they would just be really fun to see. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this team is built to where it's like it's kind of hard to pick against them unless it's like versus LeBron. This team can uh, rise to the occasion, and it's just a great team to watch. <clears throat> I just wanted to, to bring one thing up, Nick, that um, said uh, today on his show. Uh, it's about yeah. Kyrie and his injury that I thought was a little disrespectful and kind of unnecessary. Um, he does that a lot. He goes, Kyrie, yeah, he goes, Kyrie is an injury-prone uh, prone player. Sorry. Secondly, be very careful when you leave superstars. They make life a lot easier. Now, what I found funny about that was the Celtics. I feel did really well this year, right? Like, no, did they not do like very well? All right, no, they did very, very well. So, if I'm Kyrie, what am I regretting? Because if you think about it, if Boston was fully healthy, I do not think they would have have easily been a
0: sixty-win team.
1: Oh, right, no, but I was just saying if you look at the way that the Cavs have been playing all season. You can't tell me
0: definitively
1: LeBron was going to beat these guys in the Eastern Conference I don't Final. even think
0: they would be favored.
1: That's what I'm saying. So it's like when he says idiotic things like that, I'm like, now don't get me wrong, it's really hard to pick against LeBron, but if you had a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Gordon Hayward, healthy Marcus Smart and everyone was, was there, I don't see how you could tell me the Cavs are better than Boston. So I just wanted yeah, to bring yeah. that up because a lot of the times Colin. And uh, not you, Nick. The other Nick uh, that has the show with um, right,
0: yeah.
1: Where's his name? Yeah, Nick Wright DC,
0: are so in love
1: with Le- uh, yeah. Right are so in love with LeBron that it takes them to this other reality that they don't speak in just like reality. They speak in like this right. weird LeBron world. So I just wanted yeah. to bring that up because I thought it was a little disrespectful to to Kyrie and Boston as a whole and what they've done this season with those uh, those young players
0: yeah I like how you said boston like boston that was that was awesome um <laughs> <laughs> it just came out there for just a second um no i I feel you though on man Colin drives me crazy. I thought it was funny when uh I don't know if y'all saw it just really quickly before we uh before I get into um uh some more celtic stuff i uh I thought it was hilarious because he brought chris Broussard on the show the other day and he put up a like a graphic um that was like a, you know, essentially comparing everything that LeBron has done better this season than James Harden, but omitting everything that Harden has done better than than uh, <laughs> LeBron James, and was like, was like, tell me, like people, people want to try to say definitively, like he's the best, you know, he's the MVP, blah blah blah, like look at these numbers, and like. uh, uh, Bruce Sard was like oh yeah I got my own little one for you and so he put up all the categories that Russell Westbrook is has been better in uh, than LeBron and uh, was like shouldn't he be the MVP then and uh, <laughs> yeah so and, and we all know how much uh, Colin just, just does not um, have any respect for Russell Westbrook I won't say he doesn't like him because he swears that he likes to watch him play the game but he doesn't respect him. Um, like, that's obvious. Yeah, uh, I
1: believe he used the term empty calories. Uh, his triple-doubles were empty calories. Yeah. I believe
0: he was yes. the one that said that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just – that's one of those things that drives me crazy is uh, when you have to disparage people to elevate others. Like, you know, and then, and then you know, you'll, you'll hear him say in the same breath, especially, like, the diehard LeBron people, like um, – you know, they'll, they'll say like, uh, you know, when it comes to like MJ, you know, they'll be like, well, you know, they're both, they're both equally great in their own right. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't like, we shouldn't compare them really because, and, and (laughs) they're right. We really shouldn't try to compare them because they're, they are both equally great, but it's like, so why are you trying to put down everybody who's not LeBron James? Like constantly. Um, and, and it's, and it's so obvious. It's like nobody's saying that LeBron James isn't the best player in the NBA. We're just saying that James Harden had the best regular season. Um, but anyway, um, let's get back to the Cs. Um, Luke, I got a, I got a couple things I want to throw out there for you because I've been thinking about what the Celtics should do this offseason. Um, and I, I I just wanted to kind of get your feedback on this. Number one, I think, and I, I want your opinion on it, but I think that if the Lakers pick stays at 10 as it is currently projected, I think there's a strong chance that Wendell Carter Jr. falls to that 10 spot. Um, if I was the Celtics, I would totally offer the uh, the Kings pick, like, you know, with that, with that whole Kyrie trade you – know, I'm sorry, not Kyrie, the, the whole Fultz trade – you know, it was like you get the Lakers pick if and blah, 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 or you get the Kings pick. Like I would offer the Kings pick for Wendell Carter because Wendell Carter looks like he's going to be really good. He looks like he's going to be a, a really good true center who can bang in the paint, get your rebounds. He's a good shooter, um, good good from the free throw line, um, looks like he has the kind of stroke that would develop in the NBA. Uh, and, and if you're Philly – like, you want to keep your cap space. If you take the number 10 overall pick, that's, that's a hefty amount of money that you're, you're now not getting in your cap space. And there's not anybody there that really fits your needs, unless you're going to reach for somebody. Um, it, you know, so, like, you know, obviously, I, th- I think maybe Colin Sexton will still be available. But, like, why would you, like, you definitely don't need Colin Sexton. I mean, you got Ben Simmons, and you got Markel Fultz. Um, Kevin Knox. I'm sure we'll be there, but like Kevin Knox, I, I'm not sold on him. I, I, I like him. I'm not, I don't know if I would take the, you know, Wendell Carter, I think is going to be a much better player, put it that way. Um, and I think the Celtics, the, the, the Sixers need the cap space. The Celtics need, you know, uh, a, a, a center to develop and, 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 work into their system. Uh, what do you think about that trade? Do you think does that make sense to you for the Celtics, and do you think it makes sense on the
2: other side as well? I mean, it, it makes sense because the Celtics are at a need, and I guess Sixers can just save as much cap places, and uh, they should be fine. Because I think JJ only started one new contract, and they, and they country, probably but... get
0: a better and they probably get a better pick next year. Like the the chances but... that the Kings' pick is going to be worse than number ten slim to none, you know, it's probably going to be a reasonably good pick, but, like, if you're the Celtics, it's, like, we could go ahead and have Wendell Carter and not have to worry about, like, the new draft lottery odds and all that bullshit, like, you know, like, where are the Kings going to end up? Like, I mean, just look at the Cavs. Look where they're ending up. They're probably going to be drafting number seven overall when they thought they would be, like, number two or three or four. Um. So, like, to me, if you're the Celtics, take the Take the 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 guy who fills the positional need who you can go ahead and get into your lineup and develop. And if you're the Sixers, kick the can down the road because you don't have anybody who's like staring you in the face who fits what you need.
2: Yeah, but I just I wouldn't do it, man. I mean, I don't think Wendell Carter's that thing. Here's my mm-hmm. thing with all the the draft picks, gotcha. like, like. If the Celtics are going to do anything, they're not going to get a player that they got to develop anymore. They're not. They're not keeping either of these picks. They're going to trade them if they're going to do anything.
0: I really? think I hate
2: to say it. I do have a weird feeling at the end of this year, Danny Age is going to do another trade, and I think our center is out there that we can maybe trade for or another player. But I might not see the three Jalen Brown, the four people that I'm about to name. I don't see maybe two of them being on the, like, playing with each other, maybe three. One's going to get traded, but Jalen Brown, Tatum, Morris, and Hayward. So, I'm thinking it's definitely going to be a trade. No one in this draft right now. I just, yeah, Wendell is good, but he's not for the number 10th. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it as a public fan. I wouldn't want it. Yeah, we have always need a center, but where we're at right now, we're not at a point where we can wait for a center, hopefully, to take one or two years, and then we can get them. We can... We can push right now if they were going to do something like that and trade. And I think Sacramento, where they are at, are terrible. And if we don't get this pick from the Lakers, if it doesn't somehow slip and do these crazy lottery that I don't, the rig lottery system, which I'd love if the Lakers somehow slipped into that. But Sacramento's pick is going to be pretty high next year. And I would definitely, maybe. they're going to trade it. I think they're I going to use it no matter what's to trade asset. They
0: and and keep us under maybe. the money. Yeah, but see, they open up cap space by making the by trading George Hill. Um, they have four expiring contracts worth of roughly about forty million dollars, easily movable. Um and they, you know, have they're in what, the sixth seed? they the, they have the sixth pick right now. Um, they're only gonna get better and they're not like because they don't own their pick, they're not going to they have no incentive then to tank. Um so I don't know. I don't know if that. Pick I is think a be
2: lot better. of teams right now that are tanking are going to be better than the Sacramento Kings next year. They were just tanking because was the Maybe. last year. Like Memphis isn't going to be this
0: bad. Very true.
2: Y- your Hawks might not be this bad next year. Dallas, damn sure should not be bad this next year. Like there's some teams that uh, no, there that Sacramento still exploited. is a very young team and got a long way. Zach Randolph is not working for them, That vet, so they got a very young team, and I think out of these all these teams, like. The, the bottoms will be probably, like, maybe the Magic. Magic could be better than them next year. Phoenix, like, they have, Phoenix can do some trades and be better than them. So, I like, Phoenix could. So, Sacramento's the only one in my mind out of all these low teams that they're still far away going from to definitely actually be doing next something. year Yeah, I get yeah. that.
0: I I understand. And maybe you get, like, a number two pick next year and you use it to trade for something. So, like, I understand that. I, my thought process is just I think Wendell Carter is going – I actually do think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be better than Marvin Bagley um, personally uh, because Marvin Bagley is a positionless player. He doesn't have a position. Um, and, granted, we're, we've are we moved on to positionless basketball. So, if you find the right fit for him, it can work. Um, but you have to find the right fit for him, and that's not easy. I think he would be good on Memphis. Um I think he would be uh, good on a handful of teams, mainly teams that have, like, a, a defensive-minded center, but one who can also hit threes. And that's so rare. Like, that is so, like, and that's why I think he would be really good on Memphis, because you have Mark Saul, um, who, you know, can be a paint protector, but can also spread the floor. Um Like, because he's not, Marvin Nagel is not a good defender and I'm skeptical as to whether he can really spread the floor. Um, But nevertheless, as far as Wendell Carter, I I think he can spread the floor. I think he's going to be a better shooter, like three-point shooter, spot-up three-point shooter than Bagley will. Um, Bagley's just way more athletic. Um, But I also think he's going to be a better defender. I think he's just going to be a more solid player. I, I really not high on Bagley. I think I got him like number seven on my big board. Way lower than most. Um but uh I understand that. Like I get it. Like if, if you think the name of the game is is, is keeping your assets and, and and using those to make trades, like that's that's definitely something I can see. Jawan, what are your what are your thoughts on all of this? Um I know you're not ultimately familiar with uh Wendell Carter Junior. Um essentially he's uh he's a center for this was the center for the uh, Duke blue devils. Um, and he's easily, um, considered in the top 10. Uh, but because there are so many centers in this draft, he's expected to drop a little bit. Um, uh, he's probably like the number, I would say number eight best player in this draft, number eight or nine. Um, but he'll probably go number 10 overall because of positional needs. Um, the way, I mean, given, you know, what, you know, information that, you know, you have, what, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I think I kind of uh, lean on the side of, of where Luke was coming from. If what you were saying, Luke, was uh, that you'd like for them, were you saying that you would like for them to trade that draft pick?
2: Yeah, I'm saying that no matter what, there's not any player for this year or next year that would be good. I'd just trade, trade these picks. You're going to use them to trade. Right. We're, we're at.
1: Right, okay. So, Here's the, so perfect. So Okay, my, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: No, no, no. You go Juan. To, to
1: okay, no, I was gonna say so my analogy will work. Um I, I see the Celtics uh and where they're at as far as their picks in the first round. Uh the same as I, I see New England sitting right now. Like you're in a position to where it's like you have a quarterback, but should you think of maybe getting a quarterback for the future? Sure. But could you take those two first-round picks and flip it into something just wild like an Odell Beckham Jr.? Absolutely. Would that be the best thing for your team? Absolutely. So if I'm looking at the Celtics, you have flippable assets. So if you could take those assets and who knows, maybe Spurs are listening. Spurs might want to get rid of Kawhi. This is just me going out there. You know, obviously I'm not working off of exact details or whatever. But if I'm the Celtics, I, if I'm Danny Ainge, I can't just keep sitting on these assets and trying to, you know, uh, raise these kids, you know, year in and year out. Like you have a great core, so if you can flip that and get somebody game changing, do it, and then you can find yourself a serviceable center, um, you know. Because I think back to the Celtics uh, when they beat the Lakers that year. Like Kendrick Perkins was their center. Now we know he is. Kendrick not, Perkins like, a was great really center. good in his day. <laughs> like he no, was he was. Really I wish we
2: never traded him. He was no. So I good. agree.
1: He was a good center, but we we all agree he was a serviceable center. Like when he left, it didn't oh, yes,
0: necessarily no, break the team. He, no, he. I, I wouldn't call him great, but he was more than serviceable. Like when I think of a serviceable center, I think of Zaza Pachulia. Like he, he ain't no Zaza Pachulia.
1: I well, or, or Dwayne Dedman Maybe uh, our our idea of serviceable is definitely sure. different. Because um, yeah, I wouldn't have called enough. Zaza serviceable. I, I definitely would have called Zaza just like your average run-of-the-mill center. <laughs> you just you can get a Which rebound too.
0: But I think that's how I see serviceable, so that's why it would... Yeah, okay. That's where we're, that's we're fair splitting enough. hairs. That's fair enough. But, but I get you. I get what um, you're no, saying despite our, our our vernacular differences.
1: Right. I'm just saying that they can go out and, and, and get a, a center because the way that that Celtics team ran was through Rondo, Pierce, Garnett, and Allen. And I feel as though this Celtics team, if they can go get another guy of a Kawhi caliber, will have that same kind of nucleus, they won't really need to go draft this this center that they now have to kind of groom and raise and stuff like that. You can just go find somebody uh, in free agency and use that draft pick, use that asset to flip it and maybe go get, you know, package that draft pick with, unfortunately, um, a Jalen Brown and go get a Kawhi. Um, so I think if you're the Celtics, that should be the number one thing you're thinking about. Because if you're Danny Ainge, you keep sitting on all these assets, and it's just like, all right, you have all these young players. What are you doing with them now? And it's like, don't don't just keep piling right. them up. Flip them. Get something of, of, of greater value um, yep. and really let the Celtics go back to their, their, their championship days and, and really start running
0: the East. Yeah, I mean, I I I totally understand where you guys are coming from in that regard. I I think it's just I'm higher on Wendell Carter Jr. than um, than you are, Luke. Um, and I think I don't think he's gonna take super long to develop. I think he's gonna be a Tatum Tatum style um, guy where he comes into the league and you give him 25 minutes a game and he he just go at he just is like you give him Aaron Baines minutes and he just, you know, becomes a really solid piece for that team uh, next year um, and becomes, you know, the quintessential center moving forward. So let's say you don't trade your assets, um, or even if you do, but like let's just say you don't, you have, you know, Kyrie, you have – Brown, you have Hayward, you have Tatum, and you have Wendell Carter Jr. Like, to me, that's just... Oh, my God. And Horford. A and Horford. Fucking roster. Well, no, I'm saying, like, for the future. Like, once, like, you know, uh, okay, once okay. Horford is done, that he takes... Wendell Carter takes over the role of center. So, like, in three or four years, like, that's your starting roster. Um, So, like, yeah, Horford would be your center, like, next year. Like, Wendell Carter would back him up and play... You know when when they go big, like and and play Horford at the at the four, you know then Wendell Carter would would play minutes next to him. But like, yeah, I don't know. I I I think it'd be good. And and the one other caveat to all of this, um, is uh is that Kings pick is number one overall protected. If if the Kings land the number one pick, the uh uh. Philadelphia 76ers get that pick, and the Celtics instead get Philadelphia's first-round pick, which I don't think Boston quite thought it was going to be as bad as it was. Um, but that's a possibility. So you got to keep that in mind, too, with like the whole scope of things, Luke. Like if, if, if you think they're going to, they could potentially be the worst team in the league, Granted, the worst team in the league only has a 14% chance at getting the number one overall pick. But that's still a 14% chance that you're taking, you know, to get the number one overall pick versus, like, the number 24th overall pick. Um, or you could just go ahead and have Wendell Carter, who who fits a need and, and is just, like, you know, uh, going to be a solid NBA player. Um, now, whether he'll be great who knows? But, like, I think he'll – I definitely think he'll be solid. Um, but, anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, Juwan, you brought up uh, Kawhi. Uh, I got an interesting uh, Kawhi trade I, I also want to throw out here for Boston. Uh, Marcus Morris, Jalen Brown, Gershon Yavusele, and Terry Rozier, plus uh, some draft assets probably – Let's say, in my, like, scenario, the Kings pick isn't available because they've done this trade. Um, The Memphis 2019 first-round pick, the Clippers 2019 first-round pick, um, and, you know, if the Spurs wanted to be really stubborn about it, you could even throw in the Boston pick. I don't think Danny Ainge would do that um, because those are two highly valuable assets. Uh, Marcus Morris is just kind of there to make the money work. Um, Selly is, is certainly not proved anything um, but like Rogier and, and Brown are very good assets and if you can get the Memphis pick and the you know Clippers pick, Clippers pick is top 14 protected. If it does not convey it becomes a second round pick. So it's iffy, you're like taking a gamble because um, they may or may not make the playoffs next year. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, still you're getting the Grizzlies first round pick, which will convey it's top eight protected, um, but it's top eight protected next season. I think top six protected the year after that, and then unprotected the year after that. So um, it, it, it is going to convey at some point as a first round pick, um, which is why I think maybe the Celtics would have to throw in their own first round pick. Um, but essentially like all of that for Kawhi Leonard um, depending on the market, I think that could work. The thing is, like, with all of the, the craziness surrounding Kawhi, um, I think that the market on him has probably soured a little bit um, because there's this conception that he wants to be in a big market. And there are, like, six big markets in the NBA. It's Boston, New York, Chicago, LA, maybe Miami and like maybe eh, it's probably only five actually. Um but like pretty much there it, is pretty much five like major markets. I mean, I, like I was going to say maybe Brooklyn um and maybe the Clippers. Like you could throw those in there. Um, as your like second rate New York and LA teams, um, but I, I mean they don't obviously they don't have the prestige that the other teams have. Uh, but Luke, what I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Essentially, um, uh, let me just recap it for you: uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, uh, Marcus Morris, Gershon Yavisele, uh, and uh, you know, uh, we'll say a, a, a couple um, lottery picks. You know, basically the last of your major assets minus maybe one um to get Kawhi Leonard. So you would essentially have Kyrie, um uh Gordon Hayward, Kawhi Leonard, uh Jason Tatum and Al Horford.
2: Uh right, here's the only reason I say no real quick to that and then I'll and then mm-hmm. and then I'll adjust and, and say right one, no, is because you don't give up way too much of that for a guy that is on a one-year deal. There's no point. That is that is a lot you're giving up. And then, two, got to get something else on that, too. It can't be just Kawhi Letters. Now, Kawhi and Patty Mills, now you got me kind of thinking. We need to get, we need to get something back. We can't deplete our whole Patty team Mills and only just hit much. one play. What?
0: Patty Mills is like $11 million contract. You don't want
2: that. I mean, that is true. But we need. I'm just saying, like, you need something like that. Like, we need – we needed something as as well back like you, but here's here's my thing. If you give up a, a trade like that, first off, you na- you get four players where two are like pretty pretty really good right now. Terry Rozier is definitely showing that he's really good, especially with this Kyrie injury is proven. So and Jalen Brown, so you're getting two like really good young assets. So that's already good for this first system for a guy on a one last year yep. deal. Now if Kyrie Kawhi signs their max extension and now he's coming to us and he's like, Hey, I'll sign an extension and then I'll go over there. But that's the only way I'll do it. Now, now we're kind of thinking, but so you are getting Terry Rozier and Jelly Brown. That's really good. And then you like you say, he's not proven, but he's still very young and he has a lot of like, you know, very he true. could have a lot like of upside. He So, so that's already giving up a lot. So there's three things. And then you get Marcus Morris, who I get the money, but Marcus Morris has been very serviceable. So they're getting a really good, very great pal, like probably better than the Cavs you're did. You're not going to and, and then
0: you're on the cap space.
2: I mean, we're not going to resign him, but I mean, unless he wants to negotiate and he's like, hey, you know, I want to play for a championship, you know, veterans minimum. Marcus True. Morris is at that career where uh, you know he, he, he like, can kind of convince them like, where
0: I, I, I mean, he's, he's not going to sign for a veteran he's not, minimum,
2: but. But like a you know, reasonable deal you could, another five million. Yeah,
0: like you can maybe get him to take a team friendly deal to sign like a five yeah, million dollar a, a, a of, year deal, which yeah. is about what he's making now.
2: So 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 then you're getting those you're giving away those four. And then okay, you can't give multiple draft picks up for him as well. Like I understand like what like the picks you were saying are not that great besides the Memphis pick, but still like you give him up the Memphis pick, that's really good in the end. I, that's where I draw the line. Like, I hate that the Celtics have treasure chest. That Memphis ticket turned chest. out to
0: look really nice, though, hadn't it?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, that's why, like, we don't have to give up any more than that. Draw the line right there, Danny. Like, I'm thinking of everyone always is looking at the Celtics as this treasure chest. And, like, they have to give up a bunch. And, like, all these trades have to be ridiculous. They but don't, really, though. in the end, they don't yeah. need to be ridiculous. And we don't need to do that much of a trade. If I was going to get Kawhi and I don't know what he's doing one more year and all that, I'm not going to get it. It's just going to be Kawhi. I do. I would hate to say it, but I do. Rozier, Brown, Morris, and then a pick, and then give me Kawhi. It doesn't you, you, the cap doesn't match?
0: So you, you would have to. That's why I included. But Yavaselli,
2: I guess that. I mean, but I don't know. I like just would to could, do it. The only
0: way you could make that work if you didn't include Yavaselli is including like Tyson. Uh, you you could potentially include Tice and um, uh, Abdel Nader um, it, you know as like the, the, the cap to make the cap work um, and that would probably be uh, I, the, the thing is though like Tice has played w- way better than uh, than uh, Gershaw and Yabusele like, granted Yabusele is like the, probably the better player long term um, but like I don't know like I don't know if I want to give up Tice um but yeah I, I i get what you're saying um i mean i i uh i think i i do like Yabusele a lot um probably more than uh than is deserved um kind of he's it's kind of my fascination with him is is reminiscent of frank Nilakina. um uh, like i still i still think Nilikena is just in a bad situation um and I don't think Yabusele is necessarily in like a bad system. I just think, like, he's so far deep in the lineup. I mean, you're talking about a lineup that has, like, four or five people in front of him. And Tice going down has helped his minutes. Um, but, like, you know, he, there's got to be an odd man out. Um, and he's kind of that odd man out. Um, he's undersized. Uh, he, he's, he's most comfortable playing the four, but he's, like, six seven. So, you know, he, he's, he's, he's kind of a, a, a niche bench player, I, I think. Um, like, definitely fits a small ball four lineup. Um, and I think you could get him 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes a game in that kind of role. Um, but it's very specific. Um, and, and so that's kind of the reason why I included him over Tice, who can play the four, he can even play the five. Yavieselli definitely can't play the five, and Yavieselli's not not good enough to play the three, even though that's what his size kind of indicates he should be playing. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Like, like maybe giving up a little too much as far as draft picks. Maybe maybe they don't give up as much as they do. I mean, maybe maybe just the Memphis pick. Uh, you know, those players, the Memphis pick, and and that's all you get. Um,
2: I think that's a really good trade. That that right there is a really good trade, and that's reasonable. I mean, that's good yeah. for both sides, especially if you don't know Kawhi's signing a deal with you. I mean, you're getting a one-year player. Hopefully, you know, he's going to definitely want to re-sign and all that. You're going to – Celtic's going to get that indication, and that's why they won't sign him for the maximum for Horford's deal and all that. So I would do it. So I agree with you right there, but I'm not trading any more draft picks. So that's the thing. Sure. Maybe I'll give you a second-round pick, some, um, our sure. second-round pick, or a, but not another first-round pick. I'm, I'm sorry. Now, we're talking about an Anthony Davis. It's a whole new thing. Now you can get one – you can get two to three first-round picks from us. You can get yeah. Sacramento Memphis, maybe Clippers, or Sacramento Memphis and ours. Like, you, that, that, you know that is the player too? that you are getting three picks.
0: You know what's interesting, too? Um, I would almost – if I was the Celtics um,
2: – Do both trades?
0: And- well, here's the thing, like you could sign and trade Marcus Smart. Um like I would I'd probably rather sign and trade Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and maybe include, you know, the Memphis pick and, and an extra, you know, valuable pick, uh and not give up Rogier, Yavusela and Morris. Um, because, you know, Marcus Smart, like, his whatever his contract is going to be is going to equal up to that of Marcus Morris, Yabusele, and Ruggier. Um So maybe that's an option. Uh, you know, obviously Marcus Smart has to agree to it, but, like, you, you know, there's not a huge market for Marcus Smart. Um, he's a combo guard who, who who's a, a six-man. Like, he doesn't fit any sort of um, system... Uh, for anybody that has any amount of cap space, so that's a possibility, um, and I don't think anybody's going to be trying to overpay Marcus Smart. He's not like a Julius Randle where somebody's going to like go out and try to overpay him to to pry him from the Lakers. Um, so, like, that's another possibility, um, but you know that 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 involves player cooperation, and I never bank on player cooperation. Um, but anyway, uh, Juwan, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, this, this sort of deal?
1: Well, first thing I want to say is, Luke, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. You're saying you'd give uh, multiple draft picks for Anthony Davis,
2: but not for Kawhi, right? <laughs> only, be, only because Anthony Davis is on a long-year contract, and you know you're keeping right. him for multiple years. That's the only reason. That is it. Now Kawhi's sitting on Anthony Davis' contract. Where you have him for the next three to four years. Yeah, you give him multiple, things, but you're getting a guy on a one-year deal who didn't play this whole year. Anthony Davis, thing get hurt, and you don't know his mindset. And he's supposedly I've heard his camp is a nightmare. His uncle runs it, and that's a whole nightmare too with Kawhi. So you got to figure out that like there's some behind things of how how is Kawhi not happy with the Spurs system? The supposed the the like the best supposedly system to be in. Like that's just saying a lot of red flags too. So there's a lot behind it. Anthony Davis doesn't have any of those flags.
1: Well, what I would say behind that, first of all, uh, Nick, I, I I like the trade again. uh, I side with Luke a little bit. I don't kind of want to give all those traffic. And uh, if I'm Boston, I'm finding any possible way to keep scary, Terry, like it, if you're going to strip me uh, of Jalen Brown, you can't also take Scary Terry. I know, I know technically, like. I know, but I love Terry so much. Like, I I I love the idea of him backing up Kyrie. So, it's like, you can't take Brown from me and Terry. Like, I love Kawhi, but you can't have them both. I'd rather give you another draft pick. (laughs) Sorry, Luke. I'd rather give you another draft pick and try to see if I can keep Terry and, and let you be okay with Brown, maybe but smart here's whatever the else problem but Go. here's the
0: thing here's the here's the problem with the celtics. The Celtics have no bad contracts, zero there's not one bad right. contract on their roster, and like the 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 contracts that they have that are like like big contracts are only Hayward, horford, and Irving i don't think anybody wants horford's twenty Nine million dollar contract next year, um, and especially not the Spurs because it, he doesn't fit any kind of need that they have. I don't think the Celtics. No. I, I I don't know this. Um, obviously, Danny Ainge uh, is is separate from Brad Stevens, but Stevens and, and Hayward have a, have a close personal relationship. I don't think you're going to trade Hayward. I, I think that might create a little bit of dissension. I'm I'm not positive on that. I'm just speculating. But uh, and then obviously you're not trading Kyrie, so like your your options at that point are your like smaller contracts. You have Tatum, well, you have Morris, you have Brown, you have Yabusele, Rozier, Ojale, Nader, and Tice. and like none of those contracts add up to a lot of money. So it's really hard true. to work out trades for the Celtics because like there's usually with teams it's like okay, we're going to give you this bad contract. It's just, you know Maybe it's expiring or maybe it's only two years or blah, 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 blah. It, it, the Celtics are one of the hardest teams to, like, manufacture trades for. Well,
1: I, I will say this. I will say this. As far as what you just said about Gordon Hayward, uh, I would say Danny Ainge would be a fool if the Spurs said, listen, you want Kawhi? We can work something out. But Hayward has to be involved. Danny Ames would be a fool I agree. not to evaluate that. I, I mean no, regardless I of what ties uh he no, has actually, with your head coach. I
0: actually you would think be that would be your fool. best case scenario. If you could get like I mean if you could do like Hayward uh for Kawhi and somebody else, you know, to make the money work, maybe you could get maybe you get Batty Mills, I don't know. Um you well, probably have to throw say, in at Terry Rozier at that point. But like you know, and then a slew of draft picks. Like, I know. I mean, I think that would be the best case scenario. But again, like, you know, the the injury thing. I think just hurts his stock so much as far as you know See, asset. I
1: think, I think Paul George saved that because I mean, if you pay attention to Gordon Hayward as uh, Rachel Nichols uh, very annoyingly kept saying the Haywatch. Um, I mean, there was an idea. Of if this team was maybe more healthy, he could have possibly maybe second round if they maybe went to the Eastern Conference Finals, could have possibly come back. So it's one of those things where it's like I don't think that injury is – because if you look at Gordon Hayward, if like I know he was an all-star and everything, but he's not like one of those game-changing players. So it's not like his game is going to drastically drop from what it was before. Sure. So I think if your idea is like, oh, he's going to go from dropping 30 a game to now only maybe 15, like, no, he's not going to face that kind of drop. So to me, if I'm Danny Ainge and the Spurs answer my phone call, the first trade I'm offering them involves Gordon Hayward. But the only way I'm I'm pulling the trigger on that trade is if I sit Kawhi down, which, of course, I know they kind of can't really do, but if I can get from Kawhi him saying, listen, Kyrie's going to stay there long-term. I uh, love what you guys are setting up. It's a city of champions. I'll stay long-term. If you can get that from him, by all means, Gordon Hayward should be on that platter. Um, yeah. But I completely agree with sure. uh, with Luke. But what I wanted to say to the point that you made, Luke, about uh, Kawhi and his camp, it's one of those things to where it's just like he, unfortunately, if all of this is true, because, again, we're hearing it from like eight different parties, if that's true, he is such a a great talent none of that matters you do not not get that guy because he possibly has uh some issues whether it be his management or whatever the case is like for example we know derrick rose's brother yeah, it's like was causing all kinds of right oh that too uh but more of a detrimental kind of thing derrick rose's brother was causing all kinds of chaos Um, in Chicago, if Rose hadn't been that injury-riddled player, none of that would have mattered. He was such a great player, it doesn't matter. You get past it. You find a way to smooth things over, tell him to maybe stop being so vocal, and you make it work. So if you can get Kawhi and he can commit long-term, I could care less how much of a headache his uncle is, as long as we know Kawhi will be on the court, in their long term. So Nick, I do like your trade to answer your question. I just would like for you to go back into the lab and find me a way to keep, uh, Terry Rozier. And then I'm completely okay with, uh, with your trade.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only way you keep Rozier is you instead offer all of Shimio Jaleigh, Abdel Nader, and Daniel Tice. Um, so like, I mean, you can make that work. I and I think the Spurs would still be on board. I don't. I don't think they need a Terry Rozier. Um, they have Dejounte Murray, and Dejounte Murray looks like a starting point guard in this league. Um, so I, 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 my thing was, I think they could play them alongside each other because I think the league is 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 kind of trending in a in a dual point guard league. Um, you already see it in like Portland. Um, because you know, obviously, like CJ McCollum would probably be a point guard on most teams. Um, I mean, he plays point guard when you know Damian Lillard is is, is on the bench. Uh, so I think I think the league is kind of trending in that way. So I thought you know maybe you could pair them up. You can get you know basically Brown playing the three, um, Aldridge playing the four, and, and Gasol playing the five. Um, but nevertheless, like yeah, I mean it's 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 an interesting scenario and the, and the whole like dynamic of this whole Kawhi factor factors in so, so much. Um, before we move on, Luke, I just wanted to uh, uh, go to you and, 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 and just, do you have any sort of retorts to, you know, what Juwan was saying?
2: Well, I have a, just uh thing. Uh, I think in the end, Marcus Smart would be better for the Spurs. I know you were saying, you would have a smaller lineup with Rozier and all that, but I think you'd play Brown and uh, Dejounte Murray, and then you got a really good person to back up Murray in the long run with Smart, who's a defensive sure and can help Mills. and he's your defense. The Patty Mills, uh, I mean, he's not a de- like that would help you long term. Like, Patty Mills pretty good. Not that he's old, but he's kind of getting there. I'm saying this is long run, like Smart's still young, so I think. That would be like if I was first. I think that'd be. Well, actually, Rosier is just never mind. Rosier's really good. I just have yeah. to give him up. So that's, that's why I'm trying yeah. to find a new <laughs> way around like, it. Let's, let's be honest about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, but um. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean that. That that's all I mean. I I'm with I'm with Juwan. You gotta. I just want to find a way to make that trade without Rosier. And like you said, if we can do that sign trade, that's. Uh, I'd love that to do sign trade, smart, Brown, and I'd be willing to give up maybe our Celtics pick and and what to call, and Marcus Morris and the Memphis pick, first round pick for a quad. I'd love that then. See,
0: like, I think that could work. I don't even think you'd have to give up Marcus Morris because of the, the salary implications. I oh, yeah, true, true.
2: Could, yeah, could, yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, you, you could hold on to him and. Like yeah, you you could give up those three guys, uh, the the Memphis pick and your first round pick, and the, that should be enough because that's way more than anybody else is going to offer. Like that's the thing. Like you know, like e- even with the the Kyrie trade, is like you know, is Boston giving up too much? It's like no, because they have so much like and and you made a good point Luke that I do agree with you that like especially um trade uh uh couch gm traders if you will um which I include myself in that derogatory term um so if anybody's out there like don't think you're alone in that sense um we we definitely Are cognizant of the fact that Boston has so many assets. But, like, Danny Ainge is not a guy to give up, like, too, too much. Like, he'll give up a little more than what you think is necessary. Um, But not – but only for the right player. Uh, And I I, I think a signing trade with Marcus Smart would actually make a a hell of a lot of sense. I think – yeah, especially because, too, like, Marcus Smart – R-Smart's not really a point guard. Like he, he he gets labeled as that, but he's really more of a two. Um, and he doesn't really even fit a two either. Like he doesn't really fit any position. He's just a backup guard. Like he can even play the three. He's done it before. Um, he's just he's just a sixth man. He's like a a. a Swiss Army Knife 6 man. He plays some defense, like he, he 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 plays great defense. Uh and you know, he he essentially uh locks down the best the best offensive player on the opposite team. Uh and you know, gets you buckets occasionally, gets you rebounds, gets you assists. Like he's just a really solid NBA player, but he's nothing um like there I I I don't really think he's a, a true point guard. Like, I don't think he'll ever be a starter in the league unless he's on a losing team. Um, like, it, it, honestly. Uh, but I think if you put him on the Spurs, he would he would definitely be very good. Um, but let's move on. We've we've spent like I think an hour <laughs> almost <laughs> discussing the Celtics. Uh, that was just for you, Luke. Um I I, I, hey, hope I
2: can do you those days, so
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Captain America over here. Um but let's move on. We got we got a few other things to talk about. I want to talk about the new importance of the third and seventh seed in the East, given the fact that the Celtics now don't want to have Kyrie coming back. Obviously Hayward had some promising uh video footage uh recently with him you know doing the little pacer test. Um, by the way, did y'all hear that they're like banning the pacer test from schools because they think it's like insensitive to to, to, to children?
2: I think yeah, they already banned no, it but I, I think that. that's some B S because I used to do the PACER all the time. You gotta build some characters in these weak kids nowadays, so I think it's <laughs> that they took it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't even I don't even necessarily get that part. I just uh, I just think like it, it 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 like we we're getting way too oversaturated with this this whole like everybody gets a trophy mentality. Uh like the the, the pace test it, it is what it is. It's not like you get a failing grade if you don't reach a certain amount. Like it's just it from what I recall anyway. And granted, I went, you know, I've, I'm over 10 years removed from, from even high school. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I feel like this was more of a middle school thing or even a, a elementary school thing. Uh, it, it was just like a thing. It was just like, you know, you, you, you ran and, you know, you got some exercise and they made a way to to make you want to try to run harder for those who are competitive or whatever. Like, yeah, I, (laughs) I think the whole notion of getting rid of the pacer test is, 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 is kind of dumb. I don't, I don't think you should be graded on it. Um, I think as long as you participate, you get an A, uh, but like, you know, just do your best. Just, you know, try, uh, and, you know, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Who fucking cares? No one cared. I don't remember anybody making fun of anybody for not like doing well in the pacer test. Um, I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, but uh, not to my recollection, but anyway, uh, obviously Hayward was doing that. Um, but all of that is, is, you know, kind of water under the bridge. Now with the Kyrie injury, I, I, don't think there's any chance at all that Hayward comes back now uh so with that being said th- there is this this third and seventh seed uh where you know you get to play the Boston Celtics minus their two best arguably i guess two best players um maybe not so arguably uh but yeah, Gordon Hayward arguably. Uh, but minus their two best (laughs) players. I I said that just for you, Juwan. Um, (laughs) But but anyway, the third seed is crazy right now. Okay, we have the Cavs and the Sixers. They're all tied up. 48 wins, 30 losses. The Cavs are playing the uh, – Washington Wizards right now. And last I checked, they were losing. Um, They may not Uh, be anymore. The Wizards are up
2: by two right now. The Wizards are up by two, 112, 110. Morris is at the line with one minute and 35 seconds left in the game.
0: Nice. Excellent, excellent fucking coverage, Luke. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, I've been kind of keeping my eye on this game. But I think what it all comes down to is the Cavs actually play the Sixers, uh, and they play them, uh, what, this Friday, I think? Uh, I want to say this is Friday. Uh, And that's going to be, to me, the determining factor. Like, can the the Sixers beat the Cavs without Joel Embiid? Because if you can, you're going to lock up that three seed. If you can't, you're not. Uh, regardless because if if even if they lose to the Wizards tonight th- they have the Knicks back to back to end the season they are not going to lose to the Knicks this is just not going to happen Thank the Knicks you. are you know trying yeah they're trying to tank uh you know they want to they want to keep you know their their, their pick in check uh and you know it's 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 a situation where it's going to come down to who wins that game uh, without Joel Embiid, I don't give the Sixers much of a chance. But, Luke, you and I talked about this last week. They've been playing Ben Simmons at center. They've been doing it, and I love it. I'm so glad that they, like, recognize the potential of him to be able to do that and, like, to fit in and so they can work in him and Mark Fultz. It's a very very interesting lineup. I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching it. Oh uh, well, in the one game that I did watch it, um, but like, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on the, the 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 fight for the three seed and the notion now that if you have the three seed in the second round, you get to face the Celtics instead of the Raptors? Uh, how important do you think that is? Uh, and do you think? That the self, uh, I'm sorry, the Sixers have any chance of upsetting the uh, Cavaliers in a couple nights and
2: uh, stealing that third seat? I, mean, it to... I think it's huge oh, right man. now. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. My bad. I'll let you.
1: No, 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 you go. I, I didn't hear him kick it to anyone, so I was like I didn't want to just yeah, be but, silent. So I was like, go ahead, Luke, go ahead,
2: go ahead. <laughs> Me too. But I, I I think it's huge with just because with the notion of Boston right now, you want that to to the potential second be you either play in Boston or if somehow the seventh seed upsets them, um, unless it's kind of the Wizards and then you're kinda of like, Ooh But no matter what, you don't wanna be playing this Toronto team that's, you know Finally, looks like they. And if I'm the Cavs, it doesn't matter who I play. But if I'm Philly, it means so much more to me to be able to have the chance to be play one of those teams and then the Raptors in the and the second round. But do I think the Philly can beat the Cavs head on, head to head in the big game? Is it? It depends on where it is. But no, because I think LeBron no. will understand the type of game it has behind it, and he'll just put on one of those lebron show games where it's just like yep man th- there he is that's that's him looking perfect right now for the playoffs so and i just think it all depends on too like where all these teams slide out i mean right now the Cavs in the heat or or Washington would not they don't want they probably wouldn't want that or they want milwaukee but philly definitely has to figure out where they want to like they they probably they they need the 3 seed way more than the Cavs need the 3 seed. Yeah,
0: I agree. I I I think they do as well because I at this point um and I think Juwan, you and I talked about this um like a week ago um a little over a week ago maybe. Um I I don't have any um any hope for the Raptors beating the Cavs. And you know, I mean, two, three days ago, the Raptors played the Cavs again, and the Cavs beat them again. Uh, after <laughs> you know, it's just you know, I I don't think the Raptors can beat the Cavs. I just don't. I I they gotta prove me wrong. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. Um, and you know, Philly, uh, if they can get that three seed, they could easily find themselves in a position to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that would be huge for them. Like, that, the, like could I don't think there's anybody on the planet who would have predicted that the Philadelphia 76ers would have made the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so that would be just a huge success story for them. Um, and, and furthermore, you don't have to play the Pacers in the first round. You, you, I mean, you get to play one of the Wizards, the, the Bucks, or the Heat, like I'd rather play any of those teams than I would the Pacers. Um, I mean, maybe I'm crazy because uh, I've been just high on the Pacers, you know, for way too long. But like, w- would you agree with me in that sense? Like, it, you know, I think it means as much with the first round as it does with the second round. Um, way more with the second round. Uh, but you know, what are your thoughts on all this?
1: Um, well, I'm gonna say this. Uh, not a hot take or anything, but
0: <clears throat> excuse me.
1: I don't. Well, let, let's rule out the Cavs because that that doesn't matter. They see Boston. They see Toronto. Uh, as much as you know, I love Boston without Kyrie. LeBron's winning that series. I'm gonna say Philly. It doesn't matter to me either. And the main reason I say that is, I look at the Raptors this year and I look at some of their losses. Their, their biggest weakness is the same weakness that almost got exposed last year in the playoffs. And that's size. That's, that's those big guys that are super athletic and super long. So you look at a Ben Simmons and a Joel Embiid, and I don't see anyone on Toronto that if Ben Simmons can bring it and Embiid is fully healthy, I don't see anyone in, on that Toronto team that can stop either one of those guys. And then if you can just get your shooters to to be hot, that that team could definitely beat Toronto in Toronto in a game seven. I I could easily could easily could, but we would
0: definitely beat could. the Celtics down. You know, Kyrie and and Hayes. oh,
1: absolutely, 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 absolutely. So if I'm the Sixers, yeah, I I want to be able to say, hey, we got that third seed. You know, we. We exceeded the expectations for this season. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for for the idea of bragging rights for the city, sure. But if I'm Philly, there is nothing about the Raptors that if I'm Philly, I'm looking at and going, I don't know if I want to see those guys. Yes, bring them. As Skip would say, bring those baby dinosaurs, and Joel Embiid (laughs) is going to run all over them. When they played Milwaukee last year in the playoffs, I felt like, and and I don't know if you guys are going to agree, they escaped that series. They didn't win it, they
3: escaped it.
1: Uh, Giannis got no help down the stretch. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Milwaukee had no help down the stretch. Giannis kind of got exposed for not being able to shoot. Uh, Yeah. You know, they kind of clogged the paint and and made him pass it, and then his shooters weren't hitting. When you look at Philly, they have a way better version of that. And instead of having it from one guy, they have it from two. So when I look at the idea of that, no, no. And, again, I'm not disrespecting Toronto. I just said it would be in seven games. So by no means am I saying Philly's going to walk in and sweep them. It'd be seven games. But if I'm Philly, there should be nothing about Toronto that scares me about going to Toronto – to beat them in a game seven because Embiid would wake up for that. And like I said, if Ben Simmons doesn't get any of that rookie scaredness that we see a lot of the rookies have, um, I don't think he you will. know, in games that big, I don't think he will either. I'm just saying, because um, yeah. he hasn't really hit like a, a rookie wall this year. He and really hasn't. my thought was just like, he might hit it in the playoffs. It's all super new to him. Um, yeah. But very unlikely. But if if I'm the Sixers, uh, I'm not afraid of playing the Raptors um, in the second round. Uh, you know, if that means that's what's stopping me from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so if I'm the Sixers, yes, I want the third seed to say, hey, a lot of people didn't think we'd even be an eighth seed and look at it, we got three. But really, if I'm them, no, nah, I I, it doesn't really matter to me.
0: Interesting. I Like, I think it – I would say, for me, it does matter, um, just because you know you you want the easier road, uh, and and Boston would be the easier road um, on, on paper anyway. Um, but I, I do hear what you're saying. I mean, it, it, if you were to pick out the four best players of that series, maybe DeMar DeRozan is number one, maybe. I would probably say Joel Embiid is number one. DeRose yeah, I agree. Two. DeRozan is two. Uh, Simmons is three, and Lowry is four. And that's a that's a uh, probably a, a, a at least. I'm not saying I, I don't want to dog Lowry <laughs> because that's your job, <laughs> but but what I will say is. You know, with his with his playoff record, uh, I would I would think that Simmons would the way he plays and, and just the way he just almost doesn't give a shit. Like I I would favor him in that matchup, uh, especially defensively. Um, him, Garden Lowry, like Lowry's not going to get any quality shots all series. Um, or, you know, maybe he would, he would guard DeRozan just to have the length on him. Um, but like, nevertheless, it's, it's going to be tough. It would be a tough, tough series, uh, for, uh, the Raptors to win. Um, but I just think, you know, I, I would still take the Raptors in that series just because they've been playing so well. Um, their bench is way better than Phillies, even with the additions of, uh, uh, Bellinelli and Ilyasova, uh, fuck you, Hawks, for not being able to get any amount of draft picks uh, for those players. Uh, huh. But yeah, I'm 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 still real salty about that. Uh, but um, I I do think that when it all came down to it, if either the Cavs or the Sixers could choose, they want to be in that three seed because it's, a, it's a, almost a cakewalk to the finals. It's like you get a, a Celtics team that, that does, is so undermanned. Like you play them in a seven-game series, you're, they, they, they have no chance of beating you uh, in the second round. And then it doesn't really matter who you play in the first round because, you know, you're, you're going to beat them. Like you're you're more talented than all of the teams below you. Uh the only team that like would give me any cause for concern is Washington, as Luke alluded to earlier. Um it, like just because you never know when when that starting core is gonna go off, but they have no bench. They have no bench. Like they have Ubre and then like Mahimney, like Fucking, you're paying him sixteen million dollars to be your backup center. Like, congratulations. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, let's talk about the seventh seed, because I think that is equally is interesting. Uh, I, honestly, at this point, with knowing Kyrie's not going to come back. If I'm the Heat, the Wizards, or the Bucks, I'm hoping I get the seventh seed because I want to play the Sixers, I'm sorry, the Celtics. I don't want to play the Raptors, the Cavs, or the Sixers. Uh, the Wizards and the Bucks and the Pistons, um, I'm sorry, not the Pistons, the Heat are, are locked in pretty much right there with one another. Uh, the the Heat have a half game lead on the Wizards and the Bucks. Currently, the Wizards sit at seven. Uh, depending on you know what happens
2: uh, with the game, is that over?
0: Is that game they over? They lost what right happens?
2: now. So right now, so right now they lost. So the Heat are at thirteen point five. The Washington and Milwaukee are both fourteen point five games back out of first. So the Heat are a whole game up on both Washington and Milwaukee, but Washington holds the Got tiebreaker on Milwaukee head to head. Got it.
0: Okay, so yeah, we're looking at we're looking at it like that. Uh, but the Wizards and the Bucks are like right there in that seven eight uh, seed. Like, dude, like please give me. The seven seed against the Celtics, I don't want to play the Cavaliers or Raptors in the first round uh i mean obviously you're you're luke you you said you're most afraid of the wizards um, as far as the heat or the bucks though, I think either of those teams could upset the Celtics given their depletion of talent uh due to
2: injury um what are your thoughts I mean they could, but in the end. I still think the Celtics could beat both the, the Heat and the Bucks in a seven game series home court advantage and everything. Don't get me wrong, we play? are depleted. I'd rather play Milwaukee yeah. out of any of the teams just because I know coach. how it just in the end it just looks like Garnett's out there sometimes doing too much on that team. So I want Milwaukee right now. Out of all the teams, Washington's like, yo, guys, let's just stay packed right here where we're at. Like, who cares? Let's try to get to 17 and do what we need to do, and try to and get into the second round of the playoffs. So Washington's probably sitting there. Like, I like where we're sitting at, but as a Celtics fan, I want us to play Milwaukee. I think we could definitely beat them. The Heat might cause us a little bit more trouble. Washington, we could beat them just because, like you said, their bench is just miserable, garbage. There's there's no one on They're that bench. garbage, and they have and no And you bench. just would hope that John Wall and all they have like that like three good the, bench players. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and, and so the Celtics, you know, they play really good teams. Team ball, they, they've shown that you know with all these injuries, they could still like compete. And Brad Stevens is better coach at all of them now. That so that's why I put the Heat just a little bit high too, because I think Eric is a good coach. So I'll put them a little like, but. Out of all of them Milwaukee you don't have a coach right now you have a, a like a guy that just took over all right. so as a Celtics fan I want Milwaukee I think that we could definitely get into the second round which would be good for our, our depleted team just to make it out of the first round
0: Yeah I mean I I totally agree I think Milwaukee would be your ideal matchup um I don't think you're going to get it I think Milwaukee's going to finish in eighth. um they have like a, a, a schedule that that isn't terribly difficult but like they they're they're gonna have their trials um down the stretch and i i feel like the wizards are gonna win more games uh i feel like heat are gonna win more games um, because of their schedules um i think it's gonna be heater wizards i i'm not sure which but i i think it's gonna be one of the two um Jawan, uh Your thoughts on the seven seed upsetting uh, the Celtics and just, you know, who do you think the Celtics uh, match up best against? Uh,
1: They match up best uh, actually against Miami. Um, Again, uh, the biggest advantage that I feel Milwaukee has uh, and the only thing they can hang their hat on is length. Uh, Length, again, is something that is very difficult to guard. Um, the only reason I would give uh, Celtics an advantage over Milwaukee, again, is if they had Kyrie because it's like, all right, well, who in Milwaukee can keep up with not guarding-wise, just scoring-wise? Who can, who can go bucket for bucket with Kyrie? I don't think anybody right now because that team is so inconsistent. Um, and, again, Giannis isn't the best shooter. So it's like I, I said this before, when playoffs come, you can kind of key in on him clog the paint, force him to kick it out to his shooters, who have proven to be very inconsistent this season. So it's one of those things to where it's like, um, you know, if Kyrie was there, I would definitely say yes. But bring on Milwaukee. Kyrie can deal with that. But without Kyrie, that length is is, is kind of really hard to deal with in in slowing down uh, the pace because I kind of feel like Milwaukee has this, again, the coach. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Luke.
0: I was just gonna say, especially since they're they're oh, Nick, I'm sorry. not a great offensive team, the Celtics. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I feel you, but go ahead. Um,
1: but Miami to me, with getting Dwayne Wade back, has this swag about them. Uh like I, I said before, I feel like Dwayne Wade wants to face LeBron. So he's gonna get this team uh ready to go and do what they have to do. Um so if, if I'm the Celtics, Miami is who I wanna face because when, when you look at when you look at both rosters, they kinda of match up. Uh and again with the idea of Miami not really playing Hassan, it's like all right, well I don't have to worry about that giant like swatting things out of the paint or, or grabbing like sure. fifteen rebounds uh in
0: that series. So it's like that, yeah, they'd that rather, helps. They'd rather I, play out of bias. Absolutely. Seemingly. it's like all, all I'd live. rather that I'd yeah, Olenek. Um, they, yeah, they've been playing Olenek major minutes. Uh, like right. Stretch five. So I
1: mean, I look at I look at this series. If Celtics play Miami, um, I see it going seven games, and I see Tatum and Brown lifting the Celtics past Miami. Um, so if I had to choose between the two, I would say that would be the one that the Celtics would hope that they could get. Uh, out of the two and i I definitely believe Jalen Brown and Tatum can step up and lead them past
0: miami i definitely do interesting I, I i like it uh the um bill Simmons uh recently sent out a tweet about um if the Celtics play the heat in the first round uh which which boston player uh dwayne Wade will choose to injure <laughs> in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I thought was hilarious. Dwayne Wade did not think it was very funny. Um, but I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was funny because I remember that play and it definitely seemed intentional. Not, not intentional to 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 say that he wanted to like seriously injure the guy, but you know, it, was, it was a little, it was, it was egregious for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I I think that that two seven matchup man, it's gonna be really interesting. No matter whether it's the Heat Wizards or Bucks, it's gonna be one of those three teams. Um, for me personally, uh, if I could pick any team, I'm I'm kind of with you, Luke. I think the Bucks would be the one that I would pick. And, and it goes back to just coaching. The Bucks have seemed really good at times, but not consistent. And I want to play the inconsistent team because if I'm the Celtics with my Brad Stevens, like system, I know that we can be consistent. And if you're facing a a, a team that's inconsistent, uh, you know, that would be the most ideal situation. Uh, My second team, honestly, is the Wizards, though. Um, Just because they're trying to work John Wall back into their lineup, they – I know that like the the Wizards kind of have the Celtics number, not you know, to a certain degree, uh, but I, I don't know. I I I think the Celtics could take the Wizards in in a seven game well, series. What, what go
1: well, ahead. Th- no. The only thing I would say about that is, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, watching this game uh, with with John Wall, I believe it's his second or third game back. Uh, yeah. They lost it, but playing LeBron, that's going to happen. Um, John Wall is – we said it before. Like, okay, without John Wall, you guys look great during a regular season, but if you're trying to win a series, you need John Wall back. And the right. only issue I have is John Wall and Bradley Beal are going to force the Celtics to have to match bucket for bucket. Uh, like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. That game that the Cavs just won, they were behind it. Like, again – I don't think Scott is is the best coach for that Washington team. Uh, I didn't no. think that when they got him. Um, I think that's the why they keep losing the late games. Um, yeah, no, that that's absolutely true. Uh, but the, the point I'm trying to make is I feel as though when you have two scores like that, you have to then match it bucket for bucket. And I don't think Celtics won a game like that. I think the Celtics would rather play – uh, Miami, that they don't have one guy that's going to get you 30. Like, they, they play the same way this current Celtics uh, roster plays, which is team ball. Um, so that's kind of what I want because at the end of the day, I think Brad Stevens is like, I may have the edge on Spolstra. I may have – you know, I definitely have the edge on whatever YMCA coach Milwaukee has. So I think they'd <laughs> much rather – play those two teams because I do not think the Celtics want a game to where it's like, all right, well, Beal has 25, Wall has 25 and 10. Like who, who can we give it to that can kind of keep up the pace against those guys? So I don't think Washington would be the best fit for them. I think Milwaukee, uh, like you said, if it comes down to coaching, they definitely have that, but like eight miles. And if they play Miami, they both play kind of the same way, and there's not one guy you have to kind of key in on uh, because they don't right. have a guy that's just out
0: out there going to drop 30. So I think those two yeah.
1: scenarios are a lot easier for this current roster uh, in Boston. Yeah, no, I
0: mean, that's, that's very, 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 very fair point. Uh, Luke, anything to add before we move on?
2: Uh, I do, but uh, just for time's sake, I think with the West, just we need to just move on but I would love to keep on adding to it. I can add on Fair to enough. it for days, but I'm going to, yeah.
0: Fair enough, man. Uh, okay. So let's, let's get into the West. The f- number four through 10 matchup in the West is ridiculous. Uh, the, the Rockets have locked up one. Warriors have locked up two. Blazers have, you know, locked up three. Uh, all, well, for all intents and purposes, anyway, um, they, they, I don't think they've officially locked up three, but I, I don't. They're a game and a half up on the Jazz. I don't. I don't think they're in any danger of losing that spot. But from the Jazz down to the Lakers, I'm sorry, the Clippers. Uh, there is only three games separating these teams. The Clippers are probably – I think it's kind of safe to say the Clippers are not going to make it. Uh, just because, like, they're, 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 you know, two games back on the eighth seed with, like, four or five games left to play. I think four. Uh, so, I mean, that would just be miraculous if they were able to pull that off. The Nuggets, on the other hand, are only a game back on the Pelicans. Um, they're playing the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, and I think that game just started, uh, and last I checked, it was 6-8. to eight. Um, But, yeah, it, there's so much craziness going on in the West. The Spurs lost to the Lakers last night uh, in, in, like, a, a big game. They needed to win that game. Uh, that game would have been huge. That game would have put them in, in – would have given them home court advantage, and they lost it. And they also recently lost an, a, a, another game. Uh, the, the, shit, I can't remember who it was, too. But, uh, nevertheless, the West is a fucking madhouse right now. Um, so, I want to throw this out there. First, before we down who we think uh, m- matches up Best against the Rockets and Warriors, um, and maybe in the Trailblazers, we might venture into that. But who do you think at this point in time is actually going to make the playoffs? Uh, Juwan.
3: Um,
1: tell me again where the. You we're saying that it would be a long shot for the Clippers to make it. Hold on, I'm trying to see where exactly are how many games are, are they out.
2: The Clippers, Clippers are, are 21, so they're two games out. They're so two they're, games out
0: from the playoffs, and, they, and they, they have, like, four games left. The Clippers aren't going to make it. The Nuggets, like, the, the Nuggets at nine are the only team that could potentially make it. The Nuggets they'll play get, the T-Wolves right
2: now, though. That's a big yes, game. Yes,
0: exactly. It's huge. It's, it's fucking huge. And, and the thing is, the Timberwolves, obviously, have uh, Butler out. Uh, the Nuggets or without Gary Harris, which is one of their biggest scorers. Uh, so Will mm-hmm. Barton is going to have to carry a huge I think load Butler's over.
2: back tonight. I read that. Uh, is he? Yeah, I think uh. he came back tonight.
0: Here, let's Damn. See Hold on. All right. Well, let's hey, see. it's on TNT right now. I'm looking at Andrew Wiggins. He's fucking, you know, yeah, up right there. Yeah, I'm looking there. at Wiggins too. <laughs> I don't see him. But oh. then
1: again, it's deep in the first, so maybe he's on the
0: bench yeah sure 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 um but nevertheless, like as far as this western conference is 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 crazy uh you have such little um discrepancy between you know basically the four and the nine uh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and omit the clippers. I don't think the clippers are gonna make it i just i don't have enough faith in them. I don't think they have the drive. I don't think you really care. Um, uh, but the Nuggets <laughs> obviously really want to make it. Um, they are playing uh, uh, very good basketball as of recently. They're up by one uh, as of right now with about three minutes left in the first quarter. And, you know, I I, I wonder what's going to happen because the Timberwolves and the Pelicans are, are are have share the same record. They're sit at seven and eight. Uh, the Spurs and Thunder share the same record. They are both only a half game up on the uh former teams, um with one extra win uh on the Timberwolves and Pelicans. And even the Jazz, like, they're only a whole game up on the Timberwolves and Pelicans, and then the Nuggets are only a a, a game on the outside. Uh, The Nuggets also played the Timberwolves twice going down the stretch. They play them tonight, and then they play them, like, in, like, five days, some shit like that. Who do we think is going to make the playoffs? Like, do you think the Nuggets are going to pull it off tonight? Uh, if Butler's playing, I'm going to definitely say no. Uh, like, Timberlis is going to win this game. Um, but, nevertheless, how do you think it's all going to shake out, Jawan? And, and, like, what are you most excited to see? Like, what series do you want to see the very most?
1: Um, well, to answer your first question, uh, I think the, the Western Conference is going to exactly how it is now is how it's going to finish. Um, New Orleans at 8, uh, Minnesota at 7, OKC is a toss-up. They do play Houston this weekend, and depending on if Houston even wants to like play their starters, um, that, that could be a toss-up game. But the game I wanted desperately, if Jimmy Butler was healthy, and Luke, thank you for that little bit of knowledge, if he is healthy, I desperately wanted to see Minnesota play Golden State.
2: And the main reason
1: why is I kept telling uh, you, Nick, and and Joel, uh, because Luke, I haven't been on the show with you, I feel like, in a few weeks. Um, If Kevin Durant wants to make his stamp at being the best, player in the NBA. I want him to face possibly the hardest teams to get through the West. And if Curry's out for a majority of that, even better. Even better for him to say, I don't need Curry. I can do this. So for him to play a Minnesota team, which is ultimately healthy if Jimmy Butler is back, I think would be one of their hardest
0: You you Uh, just want Kevin Durant to prove You just want Kevin Durant to prove that he's as good as you've said he is.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I I told you from that finals last year, I had already crowned him the best player in the NBA. And then it was like, all right, LeBron shamed me when he came out in his 15th year looking like he's 26. So I was like, oh, well, damn. Like, if LeBron looks this good at this age, like, come on, come on, Durant. So it's like, all right, Right. well, I can't really judge LeBron off of his Eastern Conference playoff run because we just said it's ultimately a cakewalk for him. So it's like, all right, Durant, the only way for you to show it, because we know if you guys get to the finals and you play Cleveland again and Curry's back, you're going to win it. So it doesn't prove me much, you beating LeBron in the finals. It's how you get to the finals that would really show, just me personally, maybe not the masses, but just me. And I think the Timberwolves, can give them a run for their money. If you can get Cat being consistent and Wiggins playing like he actually They've wants a to be there. They've had a hard
0: time guarding Cat.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, you're ultimately asking Zaza Bachulia or Draymond to, 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 to guard this guy. Now, again, gonna, uh, no. the advantage, absolutely, the advantage for Golden State would be Cat's never been there. Draymond is a guy that can ultimately get in a young kid's head. Right and right. that could be something that they could use to their advantage. So that ultimately sure. could absolutely work in their, in their advantage. But if I'm going, what would be the best test for them to, to face in the first round? It wouldn't be the Pelicans. I'm sorry, A.D., I love you, but there's really nothing that team can do with Golden State. A.D. could average 40, and they're still probably not winning that series. But the Timberwolves, with a healthy Jimmy Butler, they could really disturb the 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 uh, the Warriors, excuse me. Not saying they'll beat them, but they can make it really, really tough for them. So that's the, the first-round matchup I'm most looking forward to. But unfortunately, Minnesota is at seven. Uh, oh, wait, no, no, no. No, I keep forgetting Golden State's in, in second place. So, yeah, so that would be the, the matchup. So that's the first-round matchup yeah. I'm looking
0: forward to the most. Yeah, I mean, that would be – it would be a quality matchup. I don't think it would be as interesting as OKC versus the Warriors, um, which would be my ideal matchup. I would just without Curry, I, I I think there's so much on the line for 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 OKC. If if you can't beat the Warriors without Curry, uh, you, you're definitely losing Paul George. But if you do beat them. And you advance to the second round. Despite, don't want to even predict what happens in the second round. Like you might be able to convince Paul George to at least sign a one and one. To at least be like, hey, dude, like let's roll it back. Sign a one and one. Like we'll pay you thirty million dollars. Sign the one and one. Like you get a player option on the second year, um, and you know we, we'll we'll go from there. Like we'll you know like we'll 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 try to build something, we'll get Robertson back, uh you know, yada, yada yada uh, we that to me, is the most intriguing matchup that could possibly happen, um but uh Luke, what are your thoughts on just the the Western Conference in general, how you think it'll shake out, and who do you think like what would be your most intriguing matchup if you could pick it? Uh, what would be...
2: Man, uh, Nick, we are, we are agreeing for once, so I think it's going to shake <laughs> out a little bit like this. I want to make it a little interesting. So, I love the Pelicans <laughs> in death, but I, I, I see them slipping. I think Denver might, with these two games with the T-Wolves, get that push, and then I could see all three of these teams tying, but with Denver, I don't know what there's uh, over Pelicans, but I, I would like to see Denver Rockets. I think that'd be a fun little match to be high-scoring, a lot of just high-scoring games, no really defense. I think that'd be just a very yeah. fun game in my mind. Just Rockets, I think, will just destroy Pelicans. I think Denver Rockets would be a fun one. I'm with you all the way, and I think Russell Westbrook's with us all the way right here, Nick. I want to play the Warriors the first round. I don't care if they have home court advantage or anything. I want to beat them. They don't have Curry. They probably won't have him the whole first series. I want to beat yeah. them right now and show that we can be this team and prove to Paul George, hey, stay for this because I don't think they'll sign him for a, a, like a long term deal, but they'll get him for one and one. I think that's that's the the most they'll probably do there. But I think you go right now after Russell Westbrook got that vengeance. He wants to get at Durant. I think he's trying to convince the whole team. So I think that's where he even wants to go now. That'd be such a fun too. And if I'm the T Wolves. I want to play the Blazers. Now, I think I can beat the Blazers all the way because the Blazers got two good guards and all that, but no one on the Blazers is covering Carl Anthony Towns as well. So if I'm the, the T-Wolves, I think I want to play them and have Butler and have a chance to, you know, go. That's our, Butler and Cag go up against their two superstars, and CJ McCollum, and, and then I think that'd be a fun series. And then, Jaspers would just be a really good classic defense. Yeah. who's gonna get it? Co old school coach. Kind of like I like the Jazz's coach a lot too. So it's just like, who's gonna get this? So I, that's my ideal West. I think all those games are fun. There's a lot of possibilities of some crazy upsets happening. So I just that that would be my ideal eight through one right there, and uh, and the perfect matchups and what teams can do the possible upsets them or bring them the distance.
0: Well, Yeah, I mean,
2: I, go ahead, Jordan.
1: No, I was just going to say that that's the one thing that, that super confuses me when people say that because I, I hear that a lot of wanting OKC and Golden State to play in the first round. Ooh, the thing that confuses okay. me about that the most, uh, would you say, Nick?
0: No, I was just – I was – super intrigued. I was like, all right, let's hear it.
1: Um, what confused me the most about that is OKC has proven this season that it's Westbrook or bust. So it's like that the, the way that would look over the course of a series I feel just wouldn't look good because you're now depending on Westbrook to not only have a triple-double every game, but to at least average yeah, he, 25 points per game. But, he absolutely but he could. Gets, I, I'm not saying he uh, couldn't he gets up
0: against Golden State. This the Very team he gets up against answer. the most.
1: Let me ask you this: without Steph Curry, how up
0: did Westbrook get in that last meeting? No, I get you. No, but and and honestly, that I watched that game from beginning to end, and it was so lackluster and it was so disappointing. The first two games of of this series felt like playoff games this year the last two games did not feel like playoff games so I think maybe I'm I'm, I don't know maybe I'm wrong but like I think in the playoff atmosphere I think they would get up great I think it would be a seven game series I still think the Warriors would win it um I think they would win it in seven but that's what I want to see like that, like I want to see a seven-game series in the first round. Like, who doesn't want to see that? And like, My... I, I, I think there's a chance. I think there is absolutely a chance. Uh, it's gonna, de- it really, it's gonna depend on Paul George. It's gonna depend on whether he can hit his shots. Um, and if he can hit his shots, it, it, it and Melo too. But like, particularly Paul George because he's more important than Melo. Um, but, like, you know, if those if those guys around Russell Westbrook can get it done, I, I think they could potentially upset him in the first round without Steph Curry, uh, but See, mind you. Like, I'm, it, you, it, if Steph Curry plays even one game, they probably win that game. Um, but, like, I, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think it would be that – and not to mention just, the, the, of course, the KD versus Russ aspect of it all.
1: Absolutely, but the biggest thing I look at is last year when Paul George uh, played Cleveland, the biggest thing that uh, he struggled with was scoring and then having to go and guard LeBron. That was, that was the biggest issue for him. And we said this, Nick. We said if Roberson was there, we we feel a lot more comfortable with that team defensively. Yeah. Um, going up against a team like Golden State. So, without that, yes. that means you're asking Paul Joyce to not only knock down a good percentage of his shots, but then to go up court and guard Durant. All right, I think are what him a from lot. doing what you just yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, again, I feel like, because we agree, Westbrook's going to wake completely up. He's going to wake up. And we know he's going to average a triple-double in that series, probably drop 35, like two or three, uh, two, uh, two or three of those games. My issue is Paul George and Mello have not lived up to what they were supposed to do in the, in the totality of this season. And I feel as though they will let Westbrook down ultimately, and Golden State will walk out of there. And I'm going to say if they played in the first round, Golden State would walk out in six games. That's how, that's how little confidence I have in Paul George and Mello this season. Damn. But if Westbrook could do it himself, I'd give them seven games with OKC a shot to win it without Curry. But I don't think Paul George and Mello are going to help Westbrook enough to actually drag this to seven games for the chance for them to actually uh, upset Golden
0: State. Uh, so that that's just
1: the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, but you think the Timberwolves could. Well, just Butler because
1: of their forth. their size. Because like, there's no one that can yes. stop Carl Anthony Towns. There's just no one. Yes. No one. And it's the size. Yes. Right, and then you look at Jimmy Butler being the one that can help guard, um, and you know what I'm saying? Like, Jimmy Butler's not that guy that's going to go, all right, well, I have to get 30 tonight, guys. He doesn't mind getting 15, but he made Durant only get 20.
0: You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of mentality
1: that Minnesota has.
0: Yeah, my thing is just Williams. I don't trust him. I don't trust Andrew Williams at all. Uh, He's just – he's such a weird uh, anomaly of a player like – he is is a really really good player and he should be really really great and he's not and it's just it's it's so weird it, it, he's he's probably the 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 most uh just the weirdest player in the league uh as far as like what he should be versus what he is um and that's what would concern me the most with them is like you try to get Andrew Wiggins. Like, I, I'm assuming, like, you're saying, uh, Butler's gonna guard, uh, you know, uh, uh KD, so Wiggins is is gonna guard, uh, Clay. It, it, I I think Clay will tear him up. I think Clay will just like run through those screens and he'll just get lazy. Wiggins will, and like, he'll, he'll just like catch and shoot and like just, drain threes all fucking night and it, that concerns me so much and i i don't think you i just don't think you have that worry as much with the guy like Corey brewer who is like just a consummate veteran who knows you know where to be and where not to be and all of that that's that's what concerns me the most about minnesota
1: that's 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 absolutely fair, but we both know that if Clay wants fifty, he's getting fifty on Corey Brewer or or Andrew
0: Wiggins. But I I completely so I don't him. think he's getting fifty on Corey Brewer. I don't think he is. What? Because Corey Brewer no, because Corey Brewer knows where to be. Like I'm not saying Corey Brewer is like some great lockdown defender. I'm just saying he's got like size and length, and he knows where to be. Like he knows how to defend. Um, and Wiggins not- just doesn't do it. He's just not that guy. No, I, I'm not
1: disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying if Clay wants, he could get fifty on Corey Brewer. But I'm yeah, not disagreeing
0: but, with you. I, I would I,
1: I would take Brewer but, over Wiggins.
0: Okay. But Luke, like seriously, come on, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Oh no, Nick, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. I mean nice. I just do not believe in Wiggins at all covering anyone. I do not want to run into that. Butler is already going to have to be doing a lot on being very undersized against uh, Kevin Durant, which I, they would rather probably put Butler on you know, Clever and Clay, because that's um, they sized up right next to each other and Butler could shut that down. So I just think okay, See, see I'm, I'm a completely not with you Joanna, on that. You stay in that Uh, Carmelo and Paul George haven't been doing it. Yeah, they haven't been doing it all this season, but regular season's nothing to them. Like, I hate to say it like that, but they're vets. They're going to know when to start to click in. When you're facing the same team, it's not a different team. You're getting rest. It's all that. And they've been in these positions before, so I think I would not want to go up against them if I'm Golden State. That's a... You at least got three guys that are trying to prove something. They've all been there. They could... They've never won it. They got a lot more to prove when you have a Minnesota team that's very young and all that, so I'm just... I think Mello and Paul George gave me way more and then they can, like, defensively match up, and their bench is just slightly better than Minnesota's too. Minnesota's bench is kind of iffy. Jamal Crawford's been iffy all year, so... So they they don't well, really have I mean, a bench,
0: and and Thibodeau doesn't know and, when and when not to play Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is like <laughs> obviously like they're they like dude. Tyus Jones is like your 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 best bench player, and you don't play him enough. Um, but anyway, uh your retort.
1: No, I was just gonna say I completely get where you're coming from, Luke. I don't judge them as far as like oh they lost to to this team. I'm looking at Paul George and Melo, and what I mean by they're not living up to what they're supposed to do is I'm just talking about their productivity individually this season and in big games. Just take away the games that truly don't matter, but big games against Houston, against Cavs, against Rocket uh, – not Rocket, I'm sorry, Golden State, uh, uh, Boston. Like, you look at those games, they just – it just seems one like Melo isn't Melo anymore – He's definitely a shell of himself. I don't think playoffs will change that. Uh, Last time we had Melo in the playoffs, that didn't change that. Um, And then you look at Paul George, and it's just like the last time we saw Paul George in the playoffs. It didn't change anything. It's just those two guys are not guys that you can say, all right, listen, I'm going to get, like, 25 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. I need you guys to give me 25 also. I need one of you guys to give me 25 also. Paul George and Melo aren't giving you that
0: concern. I do not think it is, it See, is a I got to season.
2: Nick, do you mind if I just come in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's what I, I got to take away. So, the last time you had uh, Mello and the, the Knicks, the Knicks were a horrible team. I'm sorry to tell you like that. You cannot hold Melo against him like that. He's trying to do too much for that team, and that's not a great team. He's playing with a way better team. And same with Paul George. That Indiana team was nothing, and he was doing way more than he has. Now you look at the last time both of those players have played on a decent team. You go back to Mello maybe with the Nuggets in one of those last-year teams. Not, Mello's not ever returning to that Denver team, don't t- tell me wrong, but he's going to know when to turn it on, and Mello is one of the, is definitely always is one of these players, at any time you need a player that can go toe-to-toe with you and maybe score 13 trade points, and Mello is one of those players. Don't play defense. But he knows how to score, and you don't want to mellow it. And then Paul George, same thing. You got to think back to the old Indiana teams where you had like a George Hill. These teams weren't even that great, but at least they are better than the last team. And Paul George knows how to do it, and he's another player that the way that you beat the Warriors is you have players that are capable of going to scoring 13 straight points at one point in time, and you have three of them with Westbrook, Mellow, and Paul George that all know what to do. I just would not want to do that. Um, Minnesota doesn't even have – they have maybe one with Jimmy Butler call it any times. Yes, but I don't think he's ever been there, but then it that just draws the line. So that is it. So that's why, like, I'm just, you can't like your apples or oranges in my mind with the last time we've seen both these players They've not, not played on a good team like this in a while. And you have two phenomenal with Steven Adams and, uh, what's it, uh, Steven Adams and what's his face going at it. I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook, you're already better than the last two type of teams that they played in the playoffs with. Well,
1: what, what, what I'm saying, Luke, is when you look at Paul George and Mello, you look at them this year, Mello has has drastically uh, – his game has drastically left him. You cannot oh, yeah, yeah. show me one game where Mello's looked like typical Mello. I'm not even saying prime Mello. I'm just typical Mello. The guy that can go out there and just uh, score. There's a couple of games. Scoring. I mean, dude, I had
2: him on my fantasy team, so I've watched him a lot. I mean, he's not the mellow of what we remember, but he's still the mellow that can score points if you need him. If, he, if he, mellow is a player that is always a shrieky player. the a Joe Johnson among us. If he starts to see this bucket go in and he hits his first couple of shots, mellow is in this game now. Mellow is like, I'm back to mellow right now. And he has that mindset. That's what you all, like – I know you're a Knicks fan. You can do it. I mean, you got a lot more like mellow and all this, like I'm looking outside. So I don't have that much like mellow. Let me like, I still think mellow is that capable player. where well, he's not going to be the U S player, but he knows how to play on a team like that. Where playoffs are different than regular season. When you're playing one game and it's just like, okay, you know, we'll take that game. And now we're playing in a series. Now we know how to lock down. Tom Thibodeau doesn't know how to manage his team at all with minutes-wise, too, either. So, it's just, like, there's a lot of things that is just, I think, mellow and and they'll prove. They could prove.
1: Don't don't get me wrong. If I had to choose a team that'd be able to beat Golden State, it would be uh, OKC over uh, Minnesota. What I'm trying to say is that being a first-round matchup with the idea of it ending in an upset means you had to have Paul George Let me say this, Luke, because I know you've seen Mello this season. He doesn't even post up anymore. He is strictly a jump shooter. That's not Mello's go-to game. Melo's go-to game is is the back down in the post, shimmy, and then either go to the rack or do a pull-up. He is now, he's coming off screens trying to be Klay Thompson, and he, he hasn't had an efficient season this year. And what I'm saying is I don't think, playoffs makes him any more efficient is what I'm trying to say. He's going to do the same exact things he's been doing all season. So if we're now thinking he's magically going to make more in the playoffs than he did in the regular season, I, I don't know. And then you had Mello in clutch game moments where it's like, all right, let's put the ball in Mello's hand. He couldn't even do that. So it's like, if you're at, if you're, if you're telling me that that's going to change because we're now in the playoffs, I don't see it now. When you look at LeBron, you go, okay, well, LeBron's coasting. Like, what he's doing, he's kind of just coasting. doesn't really matter. He's going to completely turn his, you know, change everything come playoffs. That's different. I can't say the same for Paul George and Melo. And albeit, I'll give it to you, they haven't been on the greatest teams in their playoff runs. But when you look at them, see a different Paul George between the regular season and the playoffs. There isn't a different Paul George. What you see in the regular season is what you see in the playoffs. Same exact thing with Melo his entire career. He has been the same in the regular season as he is in the playoffs. He does not amp it up to, like, three different notches. The last time uh, Melo was in the playoffs, I believe, and actually looked really good was the year they played Indiana and lost to them in the second round, and he balled. I mean, the the best I've ever seen Melo ball. Um, but that's the same Melo we had all season. That was the same exact mellow. Everything he was doing in the playoffs, he was doing the entirety of the regular season. So, my biggest thing is, my question to you is let's say Westbrook has a game to where he's like 5 for 15, right? Are you telling me you, <laughs> <Average>. you 100% <laughs> believe, right? You're telling me you 100% believe uh, Paul George and Melo can pick up that slack? and help win uh, win some uh, four games, can help win four games uh, in that series. I'm saying I'm not confident, and I'm not comparing Minnesota and OKC. I'm just looking at OKC by itself and saying Mm. I don't think that they could upset the Warriors because I don't think Paul George and Mello, when when they're needed the most, can do what they're supposed to do, and that's come up big for us. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: See, I mean, I understand what you're saying in a four game, and I'll agree with you there. But th- he's not going to shoot five for 15 in four games, man. I mean, Russell Westbrook's not going to do that. Now, one or two games, yeah, I think they can split it and go one and one if they need him to. Because, I mean, dude, I I I have a, this argument with my friend all the time, and I just you still have these guys that are all stars that are not then role players that have been like, hey, marquee players, like they know when to step this up. Now, they're nowhere near LeBron and all these other players that step it up, but there's a lot of people that struggle in the playoffs. I mean, James Harden has struggled a lot in the playoffs. Would you say James Harden is the bad player? I'm not. Now, he's way on a different league, but I'm just trying to say there's times where they're superstars. They're going to have to figure it out. They, and I believe in them figuring it out a lot more than uh, uh, like other teams like Minnesota or even other like jazz and all that. That's why I have more faith In OKC, I felt OKC from this whole year was not built for the regular season. They were built as a playoff team, no matter what seed they were in. That is a playoff team. I told my friend from day one, they've not been a regular season team. They're a playoff team, and they have a pretty decent bench. It was better when, before the injury to Andre Robbins, but now it's kind of depleted and you put more, but they've always been, in my mind, a playoff-made team. They were built for playoff situations. Yeah, and, well, the example... and Ed and Corey Brewer
0: oh, ahead, is Nick. huge. Uh, well and then Ed, Ed and Corey Brewer Brewer is huge. Um I mean he just he fits their system so much he, he you know, he he's developed a three point shot, he can spread the floor, he's got link, he can you know, he's not obviously not the defender that, that Andre Robertson is, but you know, I mean he's he's serviceable. Um uh that is uh what i would key in on juan as serviceable he's a serviceable uh (laughs) shooting guard i mean he's just he's he's a quality like shooting guard uh and you know he's obviously stepped in and and fit their their role uh he's like six nine he's got a huge wingspan he could you know, hit hit threes. He can play the position. He can score. He can, he can score in transition. He can. He's versatile. Um, so no, I I mean I I definitely think he's he's a huge piece uh, to them uh, maintaining any amount of uh, ability to uh, you know uh, make a splash in the playoffs. Um, but no, I mean I I, I do agree with you, Juan. I I don't think. I, I like, I. I won't say I agree with you, but I will say this: I, as far as who's better against who matches up better against the uh, Warriors in the first round, it's a it's a coin flip to me. It really is because the Warriors like are so good, even without. Curry. Like, the, and they're gonna hit their stride because they've had enough time to like play without it. Uh, and and the Thunder and the Timberwolves both have their plus and minuses. And it, 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 you know, regardless of which team they play, I think I think they're gonna beat both of them. I just think <laughs> the Thunder will give them more of a challenge and have more of
2: a chance to beat them. Uh, but anyway. What I got something real quick for you guys, real job. quick, if you don't mind me chiming in and cutting right. in real quick. Okay. All right, so here, check it out. So, Golden State's always their biggest thing is their flaws than their bench this year. Bench has kind of not sure. been where it's at lately. Now I'm yep. not saying it's that they might do it. So, so you got to hold that real quick. So, now look at this. So, you're going to put, without Curry being there, so you put your best three out there. So, Draymond, Clay, and and durant versus the mellow and all that so so you got to sit one at all times now who are you taking and sitting so you got durant green clay green durant clay or you got paul george and all that but then you still aren't counting stephen adams who's been a big thing that is going to be part of that that yeah. could be out there that's why i feel you have more turning points and that's why like they can figure it out when against what you're saying, Juwan, when you're saying, do you trust them? But, yeah, because if I'm going to have two people where I'm going to have the space and pull all time now, I'm, I might go Paul George and Mello versus a Clay and a, a Clay and a Draymond Green with Steven Adams down low and try that at a run, and I feel that I have a better confidence that my, my team should be scoring and getting me better. So that's where you start to see in the playoffs and – who would you guys choose? Now, now you cuz you're not going to be playing all three at the same time. Do you choose the Golden State 2s or do you choose the the OKC 2s to figure it out? I just I just wish they had a better coach. <laughs> That's all I'm
0: going to say, but Jawan, your retort. No, just really quickly, all I'm saying is
1: uh the, the biggest thing that I disagree with you on uh Luke, I'd I'd say the 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 main thing is Westbrook and Melo do not have another gear to go to. And the example that you use of Harden goes to the point I was trying to make. What Harden did in the regular season, he then decreased because of the the load he had to carry during the regular season. So what I'm saying is what you see from Paul George and Melo right now is exactly what you're going to see come playoffs. They're not going to drastically change. And now all of a sudden Paul George is going to average like 25, 30 points per game. That's not going to happen.
0: Right, no, and I think that's a a very 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 fair point. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting Eastern Conference uh, series and Western Conference series. Uh, probably the finals won't be that interesting, but the the each conference <laughs> series will be very very interesting. Uh, Jawan, what we got coming up, bro?
1: Um, we have top 10 is back this week with top 10, uh, Disney movies. Um, nice. we also have geek vibes live and we have a few interviews we are working on, but I will hold off until we kind of get them officially confirmed. So for now, check out Dane's, uh, interview with Jeff Jarrett, check out ours with Ryan Potter, uh, uh Cameron Cuff of, um, Krypton. And, um, we also have one from... Fox's show, The Gifted, uh Emma Dumont who plays Polaris. So check out all those uh interviews that we have and stay tuned. We have a lot of stuff coming your way, guys.
0: Excellent. Uh well I love it. Uh we'll be back next Monday at nine o'clock. Uh back to our normal time. Uh and uh we'll we'll have Joelle on board with us uh and it'll be super fun. Uh as always, thank you guys for joining us. Uh and we will see you next week, Monday at nine o'clock. Peace. Peace. Peace out,
3: yo.